The following thoughts and opinions we're going to discuss regarding this album are strictly of our own personal interests. We are not professional music reviewers. We encourage respectful discussion and friendly banter in each episode, but we do not condone and will not tolerate bullying or belligerence. You are welcome to take what we say regarding the albums we rate with a grain of salt. Well, hey there, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Rate the Record podcast, episode 82. Yay! And we're still here. Woo! Ooh, 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 sorry, you're getting the unhinged version of me today. Oh no, and it's just the beginning. I'm I'm far too tired. I didn't sleep enough, and I told you off camera. This thing is particularly strong. This drink of mine today. Oh. Cool. So you're unhinged. Uh, oh, your host who can speak apparently. Your unhinged host of the day are Chris and uh, Savannah, who is actually not unhinged today. She's just drinking water out of her brand new Rate the Record podcast mug. RateTheRecord.ca merch. I'll tell you that in a second anyways. It's all good. But you know what? I'm lumping you into the um, the unhinged thing because that's just, it's a grouping at this point. We have to do this together. An hour along and it's like, well, there it is. There she goes off the rails. Yeah, finally, she's not so <laughs> just like me. Anyways, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you. Welcome to the show. Uh, thank you for choosing to hang out with us and listen to music and being part of the community like we always want you to be. So we truly appreciate it. And we also appreciate when you show us that you really like the things that we do in one of several ways, either one thing, a group of things, or all the things. Like, subscribe, rate, share, comment, follow. All of those things help build us up in the algorithm, gets more eyes and ears on the prize, uh, find more friends just like you. That's what we're always looking for. So please do those things because we're growing. We are... Uh, uh, a flower i didn't i neglected the word beautiful because i refused to use it we are a flower maybe even a weed but we look nice though for a weed i'll say that much i don't know where you're going so i'm not sure where to go with you so uh yeah weed your, your improv <laughs> skills need to be improved that's why i'm just testing you at this point uh if we were doing improv i would just sit here and go yes and then Yes, and then oh, you're and the then just let you take it away. Partner in history. Yeah, I would I would just let you take it away. See, yeah, I, I took I, I was really good at improv in my teens, and I took some classes in my twenties, but I haven't done it in like a decade, so it's been a while. And then, uh, no, and then, ha! Huh? That's a dude with my car <laughs> joke. Uh, God, fuck that movie. Anyways, uh, we're talking about a podcast today. We're talking about an album today because that's what we're doing, and. Uh, if you by any chance do like the types of things that you see in here today, besides me losing my absolute mind, then make sure that you're following us over on our social medias, uh, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. And we are now on that new threads one, uh, that, <laughs> one that one specifically because like it's attached to Instagram. And I think Instagram's like our most used platform. Yes. It's just the most fun to use for us. Uh, so it just made the most sense to do that one. So if you're on that new threads, if you're one of those new 100 million people on threads, make sure you're following us over there too, because we're going to treat it like Twitter, but also like Instagram. It's just, it's going to be fucking stupid and fun and it's going to be great. Join it. Why not? I'm great at advertising things. Um, you'll probably see me, uh, my personal account following the Rate the Record account and feel free to follow me at Savannah is Missing. I think it's the first time I've ever plugged myself. I was just about to say you've <laughs> never done that. Like even down in the description, it's usually just like, here's all the things Chris is doing. Cause you, you, in the beginning, you just said, no, don't worry about it. So I've yeah. never added it since. Um, I figure I've already interacted uh, with us as me <laughs> on, on our on, yeah on Instagram and uh, on Threads, so I figure I'd throw that out there. 
That is indeed the real Savannah. (laughs) It is. It is. Savannah is missing. Oh, you're going to be the at real Savannah at some point. Oh, God. Savannah official. But yeah, those social media things and a bunch of other things, too, including uh, merch, as she's been showing off with her mug there for the video viewers, uh, requesting albums, uh, the uh, Kofi... Dot com slash rate the record. The RTR club is what I've been trying to say out of that. And uh, a plethora of other things like streaming links too. All of that can be found at rate the record. So make sure that you're checking out that website. You have a bookmark in your phone, your browser, wherever you are. So that way you can just always uh, keep a tab on us. Uh, no pun intended, I suppose. <laughs> I really have nothing. I'm just enjoying listening to, to this intro. So If you keep letting me go by myself in the state that I'm in right now, we'll never get to the episode. <laughs> Okay, so the artist that we are doing Hold today. on. There's more I have to do to intro the show. I I, I, I could still do this, I think. Uh, so we're obviously uh, off to a rough start here, but that's what usually what we do on the show. So if you've been here before, you already know that. Welcome back to the show. I'm glad you're here once again for some reason to yeah, hang why? out with us. Well, I, I hope it's to discuss music and not to judge how uh, not so great we are at this particular profession. You know what? To be quite honest, um, like you can't, you can't assume that we're going to be good uh, speakers uh, first off or good critics uh, within the first couple years of starting. Um, so if you're here to talk about how crappy we are at uh, what we do, um, we already know. So shut up. And if you're here to talk about music. Um, Don't shut up. Good. Good. <laughs> good, I guess. I was originally just going to say, yeah, you can't tell us what you don't, what we don't already know and just tap my head when you yeah. mentioned the whole, uh, we already know that bullshit. But yeah. anyways, yeah, you've been here before, you know, so welcome back. But if you're new here, God, we we must be dragging for you. I apologize so much. We do talk about music eventually, I, I promise. But welcome to the show. We sure do hope you enjoy your stay. You should be talking about music because you chose today's album. Damn right. But yes, uh, that means you don't know what we do here besides ramble on for a long time. So each week, Savannah and I, we do choose an album. We'll discuss it at length. It, it might be a completely random one. Like today, it was a random choice. We celebrate <laughs> Adam, uh, album anniversaries. We also take requests. We have plenty of those coming up, too. So don't worry about that. We also have more anniversaries coming up. But regardless, we do choose an album. We discuss it at length from front to back. We rank the songs and then we rate the record. the record. Yeah. I thought you were going to try to do it in a guy's voice from this band here. Oh my god, no. I do not know how to. I do not have balls to squeeze to do so. It's like very gravelly, but also nasally. There's kind of some cleanliness to it. I don't know. It's a weird voice to describe. Very much so. Yeah. So uh, on that note, yeah, so for episode 82, Savannah did choose today's album, and it's the Black Crows and their money shake, their album Shake Your Money Maker. Wow. It just goes to show that, like, if anyone ever thought for some reason we were, like, planning things out in advance, like, oh, my God, I could barely speak. And, like, it's the same structure every week, and I cannot remember how shit goes. Yeah, I know. We need to put a uh, uh, APB on a new host. Um, I was going to say, why do you think that we pre-recorded the disclaimer and don't do that live anymore? Because you were sick of me trying to go as fast as possible. Remember that one time I stared in the camera while doing it because I memorized it? That was good times. <laughs> that was weird. Anyway, black- Savannah will tell us about the Black Crows. Now, can you just let me do my job? God damn it. She'll tell us about the Black Crows and the Shaker Money Makers. Savannah, please. The Black Crows formed in 1984 in Atlanta, Georgia, and were influenced by 60s psychedelic pop, 70s Southern rock, 
and local band R.E.M. They gradually became a 70s blues rock revivalist band, which you can definitely hear. Might might be a couple comments about that. Yes, (laughs) I don't doubt that. Uh, Initially, they were called Mr. Crow's Garden, but thank God they ditched that. There has been a revolving door of members throughout the years, and the only constant has been frontman Chris Robinson and guitarist Rich Robinson. Relation. In 1989, they were offered a record deal and released their debut album, Shake Your Moneymaker, a year later on February 13th, 1990. The album was produced by George. Oh, God. K. Okay. If I butcher this, apologies if you have the same last name. Produced by George Draculius. Yep, that's what I'm sticking with. The same guy who signed them to Deaf American Records. Shake Your Moneymaker was recorded in, in Atlanta and Los Angeles and spawned five singles, four of which are in constant rotation to this day. Jealous Again, Hard to Handle, Twice as Hard, She Talks to Angels, and Seeing Things. Music videos were made for all singles except for Seeing Things, and those are the four which I referred to earlier. The album saw generally positive reviews, with Rolling Stone giving it three out of five, Enemy and All Music giving it a four out of five, Entertainment Weekly giving it a B plus, and Kerrang giving it giving it a perfect five out of five. Kerrang, really? Wow. Yeah, which I always thought that was like punk, punky sort of music. So strange. Yeah, to not me. this, <laughs> right? It hit number four on the Billboard Top 200 upon release and has been certified five times platinum in the United States. The record was not nominated for a Grammy, but in 1991, the whole band was nominated for Best New Artist. They did not win. Do you know who they lost to? Mariah Carey. Oh, okay, that makes sense. They were never going to win. (laughs) No, no, especially when it was like she she hadn't even hit her peak yet. Right? She was already on the up and up. There's no way you're beating Mariah Carey. Hell yeah. I was looking forward to like making fun of them to losing to like fucking Jethro Tull Jr. or something like that. But no, no. it's fucking Mariah Carey. I got nothing to say. Yeah, the fucking diva princess over there like wins again or for the first time, I guess. Wait, but when? So, uh, with all of that out of the way, now that we know a little bit about the band and the album, I guess we'll discuss the album even further, song by song, as we usually do. So let's do it. Song number one, twice as hard. Before we start the review, um, there is no logical place for me to insert this in the format of the show. So I'm going to say this now. Um, 2006, I went and saw the Black Crows. Here's my ticket, audio listeners. Oops, it's a sorry. Ticket. She paid seventy six um, fifty for it. I I did not. Uh, someone invited me. It was awesome. Oh. I had Peter Frampton tickets. I took oh. them, and then uh, they took me to this. So that was cool. Wait, did um, you guys like swap tickets? Like, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I, I won. I would rather go see Peter Frampton. Be honest. Well, I was. How old was I? I was fifth, seventeen. 17 and i just wanted to see like so many artists um if you asked me what happened during the show i don't fucking know um my my mind at the time just heard jamming that was it so you can imagine they probably played like four songs and made them each 45 minutes long i was gonna say was sobriety an issue at this show wink nudge uh not for me no Oh, okay. Because no. when I ever hear someone say they don't remember what happened at the show, I'm just like, 
Oh, yeah. So why is that? I may have had a crush with the guy I went with and probably wasn't paying attention. So. Oh, you were just gazing into his big musical eyes. I was super, super self-conscious and probably was not, yeah, was not there. Peter Frampton, <laughs> I remember. Um, but uh, same with Alice Cooper. I went to that and I don't remember a lot of that either. So. Which is weird because that's like a big theatrical show. Oh, I know. Sometimes I take the memories of the second time I've seen them and just fill them in with the first ones. So I don't feel I don't feel too bad. See, thankfully, I've seen Nine Chanel's eight times. So, I mean, like, I, I, oh my God. I, I can just pick any memory. Although there's one particular, the Lights in the Sky show. I'll always remember that. But anyways, let's talk nice. about this show here. Let's yes. talk about the Black Crows, Twice as Hard. All right. You first. I picked the album. Womp, womp. Oh, yeah, yeah. I forgot it's that whole deal happening again, isn't it? It is now. I never make yep. you do that for the albums that I choose, but you always do that. Uh, last week, I think you went first for maybe two or three. Um, so I'll let you go first for the first seven. I think you just pulled that stat out of your ass, by the way. Probably. Um, so the first thing I heard, because so I, I told you off camera before that when it comes to the Black Crows, two things. I always mistake them for the Counting Crows, just like your kind of your name implies there on Zoom. Uh, yeah. Like, I always just thought it was like literally the same band with two different names because like, I think bands have done that before. But regardless, yeah. uh, this is indeed the Black Crows. And also, I told you the only song that I could ever remember was She Talks to Angels. But then hearing this and finally knowing the name, I'm just like, oh, yeah, yeah, I've grown up with this song. That and uh, yep. Hard to Handle. It's, of course, I remember these songs. Oh, yeah. So I never knew my own entire life that it was this was the Black Crows. But so I will say, because like when the song first started, although the um, I referenced a Cheryl Crow song that came out in 1996, oh it was God. like six years later. Yeah. The first note just says, was Cheryl Crow inspired to write If It Makes You Happy based on the opening riff of this song alone? Because the first oh, thing I thought of. I never connected that. The first yeah. thing I thought of was like, this sounds an awful lot like Cheryl Crow. And then I actually had to Google it while I was listening. I was like, who, which one came out first? And obviously Cheryl Crow came out later. But yeah. like so i was like oh maybe she was inspired to write it from this who knows i mean just not the entire song but like definitely the opening track it was just very familiar but it was also nice to have that kick in nostalgia realizing i knew this song oh yeah anything from this like i don't know january 1st 1990 mm -hmm. to december 31st 1999 oh it's up in there it's up in there Ooh, the Actually. cutoff point being january 1st 2000 yes sad stuff um but yeah this is definitely one of those songs as i said like that i can register now and i've I've always known what it was just never knew what it was so that's always good to have um this was definitely written you could tell this was the first review i wrote for the for this entire album because I, I dig the southern twang to the open of the song it's just like oops is that the entire album it <laughs> might be but i was digging at this point i just said like the production is like good full and warm and that's generally the entire album too so that's actually mm -hmm. it's a good thing uh parts of it gets a little tiresome but the production's fine though so saying about uh, hearing this song and all this stuff, uh, my first line just says, I've heard this song more times than I've put on socks. Um, and sometimes I wear more than one pair of socks a day. So um, I like this early, like I write the review before I write the introduction. So I was unaware that they ended up being like a 70s blues rock revivalist band. Well, that is quite fucking obvious here. Um I, I like the whole like revival thing that was going on in the 80s and 90s, I guess, late 80s and 90s. 
um, with like Stevie Ray Vaughan, Black Crows, Kenny Wayne Shepherd. I can't think of anybody else, but I swear to God, there's more. Oh, but there's it's like you can, plenty. yeah, and you can really like place those songs in a point of time altogether. And I really liked it. I liked it when it came out. Um, and I did notice uh, this is kind of overarching for maybe 50 to 60% of these songs. Um, the solo guitar that starts the song and then the rest of the band comes in. There's like four, four, six songs that start that way. And I'm like, oh yeah, I like it here. And then as it continues, I'm like, oh, I don't know if it's a genre thing or if it's like a band songwriting thing, but well, I actually kind of like it. I'll take a stab at that. Like, and this is not necessarily factual if it is i'd be impressed with myself uh i'm gonna guess that it is a genre thing because especially if they're blues rock revivalists mm-hmm. blues comes a lot from the guitar and yeah. like what the guitar can do so obviously that's gonna be your forefront so to have that start the song and lead it i'm gonna go ahead and guess that's very much a like purposeful genre thing it worked to an extent for a little uh, while it didn't and then after here. a while it just got tiresome i agree Okay, cool. Then maybe we'll yeah. talk about that more as we go. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, it's funny. Kind of a, a, another blanket statement. Although I will say, even after writing this note, I, I slightly disagree with myself, but still more or less agree. Because I wrote verbatim, I'm taken back to being a kid and never knowing what the hell this singer was saying. I'm in my mid-30s now and I still feel the exact same way. Because like this guy in articulation must be enemies that he must have been bullied at school by articulation he must have been like given a wedgie and hung from the basketball net by fucking articulation because this guy doesn't really have it um i have a response to that but it is song specific so when we get to the following song we're gonna put a pin in this and i will read you my note for that uh, fantastic. Then I'll just end this by saying that uh, it was a fun start to the album overall. I do dig the energy and obviously nostalgia is going to play a huge part in that too. Uh, <laughs> this is, this is a, also a note I wrote where you can tell was the first thing I wrote about this album and it, it's kind of directed at you in a way. Oh, this is, hopefully it's not another one of your nineties pick where everything sounds the same and I get tired before the halfway point. <laughs> Now, to be fair, there are so some songs. That, to, so to be fair, there are, there are some songs that kind of change things up a bit, a bit. Yeah. But I mean, like, man, did I predict that one a little bit? And I hadn't even heard this album. I didn't even know who the fucking black, black bleh, the Black Crows were apparently before we started this album. Um. Now, in my defense, um, I have only heard four out of six songs. Those four songs being the singles. I have not actually heard this album. So, um. If it is an album that sounds all the same, whoops. I mean, I'd like to stay on brand. So, I mean, what else did you expect? I can point um, out a and, few others we've done. And if it, if it doesn't sound the same, you're welcome. So we're yet to see. But I have a couple more points about this song just in particular. Um, I like that the vocals match the music. It feels kind of like loose, but full of passion and life, if that makes sense, where... It seems, and I mentioned this a couple more times, it seems like it's improvised because it sounds like a jam, but it sounds tight enough, but they wrote it where it's supposed to sound like loose and fun. I don't know, whatever they did. Southern blues rock, like that's usually kind of a looser type sound. 
and I don't I don't really listen to that stuff outside of what has been presented to me through media or the radio or whatnot. Um, but I feel like this is probably something that I'm going to venture into pretty heavily because I liked it and super down for the piano in there makes appearances on quite a few songs. Still reminds me of a piano bar. I love it very much. And it's no coincidence that the only piano bar I've been to was in North Carolina. So North Carolina in the South. Yeah, exactly. I love it though. That's so good. Strange. I I do have a note uh, later on in the album uh, about how Southern this feels. And it's very specific. It's just like, I I will have to read it as I wrote it type thing because it was like a, like a train of thought type thing. I do Um, that a lot. That's a little while from now, so we'll just move on to song number two, which that's not where we are. My my mind is at the very least. So song number two, Jealous Again. Uh, I definitely don't recognize this one as a single at all. See, okay, so I played this for my partner and uh, he said the same thing. He's like, what? Because he asked me who we were doing this week and I played him. I'm like, oh, you definitely have heard these songs. So I played hard to handle. He's like, yeah, I know this. She talks angels. Yeah, I know this twice as hard. He's like, this sounds kind of familiar. This one, no recollection whatsoever, but I've heard it so many times and only as it was being fed to me, I never sought it out. So that's surprising to me. Uh, Yeah. This one and seeing things just never heard. Don't even recall. There's not even like that flash of like, Hey, maybe this is a thing. Like, when I was listening, I was just like, this could be like a million songs I heard. So really? if I if I did, this was like, yeah. this was a drop of water in a swimming pool, essentially. Yeah. Like, So if I you want me to find that one drop, I'm going to be there forever, you know? Interesting. So, okay. Interesting. Uh, but yeah, so I don't recognize this one as a single, but I mean, I guess I can see why it was. I'm, again, not super huge on this particular one, though. Mm-hmm. Um, throughout the first two songs, though, I am really appreciating the guitar tones, which does carry over again. That's kind of yeah. another blanket statement. But I definitely started recognizing here of just like, oh, I, I just love that. Again, that warm, full production. Uh, just it, it might have been directly from the amp too, like because obviously there's no real like digital plug in back then. Mm-hmm. So it's just like microphone on the amp. So good warm sound. I, I do appreciate that about this like era of music, even if I'm not a fan of all the 90s albums that you choose. <laughs> Well, you're going to have to deal with them anyway, so stop giving me a choice. Because this won't be the last time. (laughs) It won't be. Oh, God, it will not be. It was a whole decade of music, that's what. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And a whole bunch of one-hit wonder albums I'm going to make you listen to. Um, Just wait till I put Dishwalla on the list. Uh, So just you talking about the uh, incoherent lyrics of this what I assume to be entire album, maybe one song you can really hear. Um, I just wrote good thing. We aren't doing a lyric review because I really don't know what he's saying. It's a song you mutter through the verses until you just belt out jealous again when the chorus comes up. Well, I mean, you're supposed to, if you're doing a lyrical analysis, you're supposed to read the lyrics. You can't, you can't just trust a guy who, yeah. again, literally got bullied by articulation, got a swirly in a toilet by articulation while in elementary school. You can't just go by what he's saying. Jealous again. That's how I sing the song. Cool. Yep. Do you, do you agree that he was bullied by articulation? I'm going to keep saying because <laughs> it's um, you say it and I can't picture it. So I'm like, what is Chris on? I have no idea what's happening. 
Um, I've never actually heard him speak in interviews or anything because like, I just don't think to do that. Uh, but I imagine that his voice is probably like, he's pre grunge. <laughs> yeah. Right. He, well, he, yeah, he, heard, actually, he actually, heard the bleach album by Nirvana yeah. and he's just kind of like, I like this guy. So I'm going to check it Side note, the uh, singer for the Black Crows was married to Kate Hud- actress Kate Hudson for almost a decade. Wasn't Matthew Bellamy also married to Kate Hudson for almost a decade? Uh, not married, and I don't care. Um, but Chris Robinson was married to Kate Hudson. <laughs> and that was one of those ones you look going, what the fuck? <laughs> Didn't we have how? this? We, I think we talked about this off camera last week and how, yep. like, apparently she's got a thing for musicians. She's dating one now after Matthew Bellamy and then this yep. guy, too. And then she started dating musicians in that one movie, Almost Famous. So yep. She's got a thing for musicians. So mm-hmm. you're saying there's a chance. As I point there's, out my guitars. There is probably a chance. And she's not that old. She's 44. So. And you know what? I dig older women. That's fine. That's fine with me. 44 is not even old. So what the hell? Come on. Now. Exactly. I exactly. can say that uh, being in my mid thirties, <laughs> 44 is not old. Stop it. Oh yeah. Eighties old. Yeah. Get out of here. And then when I'm like 16, I'm like 80 is not old. You idiots. That's why they say 80 years young. Uh, the chords of this song though. Uh, okay. Please stop me. Uh, I'd love to. <laughs> The course in this one, though, does feel danceable enough at the very least. So going on with your whole jazz again or whatever the hell they're saying. Yeah, uh, yeah that, well, that works. I mean, but to be to be fair, though, uh, this one's still not catching me enough, though. Yeah. Remember when I when I said drop of water in a swimming pool? I mean, like, yeah. I, was, I was quite serious with that analogy. It, it's, it's hard to explain that it's, why it's not catching me. Though. Like there's simplicity, but then it's just I mean, there's simplicity, but then there's just being like too simple. Yeah, that makes any sense. Like, I don't mind simplicity in music, but when it's just like bare bones and there's nothing cool about it i don't know that's the best way i can describe it uh i will say that solo saved things at the end though and i know that you're already kind of commenting on the guitar solos so yes uh happens happens a lot in this album so uh that's cool i'm not a fan of all the solos on this album but this one this one works uh i would have preferred the song go with a ring out instead of a fade though feels like a wasted opportunity because that's when the solo starts is when the fade like happens like 10 seconds later yeah um Speaking of the guitar solo, I like the vocals and the guitar solo bridge. I find that fabulous, and I will never, ever pass up singing that part, even if I wasn't paying much attention to the rest of the song. Uh, Once it's just the vocals and the guitar, I like that a lot. Um, Although the song has a fun vibe to it, the drums are very on beat, and they aren't lagging at all. Um, They don't feel like they're behind anything, ahead of anything. They're just, like, on it, and I like that, despite the sort of, like, loose sort of I, I i don't know how to describe it other than it just seems loose you know what i mean it's like when when you watch sometimes when i watch alex lifeson play guitar like i watch his hands it just looks like two bear paws playing a guitar but like you hear everything and everything is on point and all the the strings are hit and all the notes are played that's kind of how i feel here where you you kind of feel a nonchalant vibe to it but when you listen to it it sounds tight and sort of on on it so i like that and i like how the drums really push it forward they're not joining in on the fun they're the backbone and they're like okay let's go it's like wrangling toddlers 
is kind of what it's like. One it's adult, like, the rest are toddlers. It's the designated driver of the group. Yes. Everyone else is having fun, but someone's got to say straight edge and get everyone home. That is exactly what I'm trying to describe. Yes. The problem with that in music, though, is sometimes like I, I get why it happens and it can very well work. But like yeah. some, sometimes it could be detrimental where it's just like this is fun. And then you got like the straight edge loser over here. Tell me that I've had enough to drink. It's like, buddy, we just got here. OK, sit down. Have yeah. a glass of water. Yeah, that's when they turn they turn that instrument down. They're like, OK, well, you know what? Johnny won't shut the fuck up. So we're turning down his snare. Oh, man, that was so weird. OK, so we'll move on then. I, I guess we're done with Jels again. Song number three is Sister Luck. Oh, I keep thinking of knocking on heaven's door when the second guitar comes in. It's about not even a minute into the song and just kept playing in my head. I don't know if you felt the same, but uh Definitely reminded me of that. I appreciate you thinking of Bob Dylan, though. I was not. I was actually thinking of Axl Rose. Thank you. It's um, even worse. It, it is not. In some ways, it is not. Um, this song, not a bad song. I just don't think I was ready for the energy to be brought down so early. And it sounds sad. Um, I, I didn't mind the, the come down. Like, we, we've had two songs of pretty good energy. So, like... And just kind of scrolling back, I mean, that's about nine minutes, nearly nine minutes worth of uh, music to start the mm -hmm. album. So then you have this one to come down. So it's not th so bad. The song still has like, the the energy's not too crazy up to this point, but it's, it's still nice to have. Uh, and I think the one thing I appreciated the most about this track, though, was the chorus, probably, mm -hmm. out of everything. I didn't care too much for I, I, I don't want to say that because that's not true um like the verses were fine too but there's something about the course that picked up a little more for me it brings a little more life uh it's like key change does a good job of like really emphasizing that too so just it gave me something to enjoy and i kind of like how we're not just going on that uh drink throw your bottle at the stage southern energy the first two tracks <laughs> I don't think any of the songs have that aggressive energy. Thank God. Um, I don't know if this band is actually like capable of that. I've heard of banjo bands getting beer bottles whipped at the stage with the cages on them. Okay. So, I mean, like this song doesn't need that much energy to have that. I, I remember um, episodes long, long, long ago. I don't even know when. Back in the we elder were, days. <laughs> we were talking about this, and I wonder what album it was we were talking about. Because it probably, I don't know, just as tame as this one, I'm sure. Probably. <laughs> yeah, it was Graves of Wrath. <laughs> oh, my God. Imagine. Uh, oh that was God. like, what, 27, 28? Jesus. Season Something two, like the that. massive colossal season. Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, I, I like when this song picks up about two thirds of the way through, uh, still really like the piano. I'm definitely going to just sing the praises of the piano this entire album. I think it fills in the space. I really like it. Um, and it does like some scaling behind the guitar and that was nice to hear it. It added something more than just following the guitar or following the bass. It kind of said, hey, I'm going for a walk and I'll be back in a minute. And it it walked drunkily down the alley and I liked it. It was good. Yeah, that's the one thing you can always appreciate about a piano is like how well they usually go with the guitar. Yeah. I mean, pianos can go well with almost anything. They're 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 the vanilla instrument, but I mean that in the best way possible. Yeah. Because like they just they they suit everything. They taste good in almost everything, you know, where they they should be that is. So I mean like it's it's hard to like hear them kind of like match mimic or even play with the guitar 
and not sound good. So yeah, this album does do a good job of that. And I mean, that's again, that Southern bluesy charm coming through. I mean, that's just kind of how it is. Uh, I, I I honestly didn't feel like too much time even passed in this track too, which is funny to say because it's five minutes and 13 seconds. I, I don't know. Yeah. Everything just kind of flowed along well enough and it didn't really feel like it was overstaying its welcome. So, and like, it wasn't like it had that similar kind of flow going through it, but there was just something about it that was more enjoyable this time around. So I, I, I definitely gave more of a thumbs up to this one. Good. Good. You have nothing to follow with it. I have nothing. Good. I have nothing other than uh, half menacing good, which I kind of sound like some sort of vampire. But uh, yeah, that's that's really it. I have nothing else for that one. Maybe I should drink more. I have more drunk slurring just to fill in these gaps that you're leaving me here. Jesus. It's fine. We'll take care of it in post. Also, I don't even know what to say other than um, the thing I said before. The other thing I said before and a couple other things I already said. So watch me being the smart ass in editing where I just like literally take your what you said before and just put paste it right here. So it just like completely like goes through again. People are like, what the hell? That's fine. I'm sure they listen to this and they think, what the hell anyways? So anyways, well, intro the next song. God damn it. I was literally just about to <laughs> song number four. Could I have been so blind or it's not a question. So I could I have been so blind. Period. Hard stop. Yes. No question mark. Although it is a question though. So where's the hell the question mark? Chris Robinson. Yeah. Stupid. Dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> the solo guitar starts this song again um again we already sort of said it was a genre thing so i'm just gonna read the notes just to keep talking um i can see this song being covered by like a voice like miley cyrus and her rasp not the hannah montana miley cyrus but like the badass i will kill you and your family miley cyrus that she is now my miley cyrus 20 in her 20s after like 2000 packs of cigarettes Miley yeah cyrus. yeah you know she's in her 30s now Oh, is she? She is. Oh, wait, yeah, she's older than... Isn't she older than us? No, no, she's, uh, I think, 92 or 93. Oh, okay, so she's young. So. She's she's a youngin'. Look at yeah. her. Oh, cute. Anyways, Banger's album? Okay, weird. It's it's wild to think she's in her 30s, but uh, amazing voice. I will always commend her on that. Oh, she, uh, she has a fantastic voice. Oh, she, hell yeah. She, she, like, people might be annoyed by some of her antics, but, like, you can't deny her voice. Oh, it is fucking awesome. And listening to her cover rock songs is just fucking it is fantastic. And I can see her doing some sort of like Southern rock type thing. If she hasn't already, I mean, I think she's already kind definitely. of starting to do that. I don't know. It's hard. To, I don't really pay attention to Miley Cyrus, so I don't know. I've heard her cover. I think it was Heart of Glass by Blondie and she killed it. So I can see her singing this for sure. Um, the more I listen to this song, the the more I kind of actually like it because I was on the fence at the beginning because of how similar I think they are to the, this, what the fuck did I write? Am I, am I on crack? The more I listen to this one, I actually like it because I was on the fence at the beginning because of how similar I think they are to the first, it is to the first two tracks. Are you sure I'm the one drinking today? Holy shit. I'm just drinking water. To be quite honest, I wear glasses and I can't see where it's shit. So that's probably why. I would love to go back through the previous 81 episodes and like tick every time you in an episode when you wear your glasses and when you don't and see what the ratio is right there. 
Um, I stopped wearing them once I looked up in the lights and I could see the reflection of the lights in my glasses. And I didn't like. Yeah, we couldn't see your eyes anymore. But doesn't Mm -hmm. that give some some people more confidence being like completely like blind, like blind to the audience or something like that? It gives you more confidence to project or something like that. That's a concert thing. I know that much. Um, I didn't know that. I know that. there's a guitarist, Joe Bonamassa, and I've seen him live. And my dad plays... fucking loves Joe Bonamassa. Yeah, so yeah. I'm quite um, aware who he is. Uh, an ex of mine really liked him, so we went. And uh, he plays with sunglasses. I don't know why, but I definitely noticed it's that it was kind of a strange thing. I don't know that. Yeah, I always thought it was just like a confidence thing, but uh, it's funny you bring that up. He's he seems to be a guy with quite the ego. So I'm like either he's really? either faking the ego or yeah. Maybe it's not fake and it's just massive comments. I don't know. Like maybe that he just thinks he looks cool. I don't know. He's a blues guy, an old blues. Well, he's not old, yeah. but like he acts like an old blues guy. Interesting. I didn't know about the ego thing. I didn't. I didn't get that off him. But then again, I was only adjacent to someone who was into him, so probably didn't know. And I, I could even be wrong about that. But from what I've seen, like he, he's he comes across as humble, but when you watch him long enough, it's just kind of like, all right, the cockiness is there. You could definitely see it. I mean. Interesting. So we will be doing one of his albums then. Um, oh, yeah, watch. It's gonna be a request from my dad too. Because if anything, <laughs> he will. I swear to God, he'll he'll request a Rush album. It's like, no, we already did that one. It's like, okay, then Joe Bonamassa. Yeah, do that because then I can hold up my concert ticket for that too. I'll hold up his concert. T- I'll get him to step on camera and talk. I'll invite him over just to talk about it. <laughs> I wonder if we were at the same show. Very strange. Uh, this was when? About ten years ago. Uh, no. No. It was more recent, and I bought them tickets for their anniversary oh, nice. uh, because they were they're sitting there. Literally, we were in their backyard having beer, and they were talking about how the tickets were too expensive. So while they're saying that, I'm on my phone buying tickets. It's like you're going I to do shit like, <laughs> I do shit like that all the time, and then all you're thinking is, how am I going to make this money back? <laughs> it's like the gift is so good, but how am I going to eat now? <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I think I made it work though. I just. I, I ate a lot of uh, like popcorn that week and like right. spoonfuls of peanut butter to get me by. <laughs> Those uh, were the days. Oh, you're a good man. You got to do what you got to do, right? Yep. Uh, let's see here. We're still talking about could I have been so blind? Oh, yeah. So kind of going back for a moment here, talking about, uh, oh, I was, everything's starting to feel similar. My very first note, oh, yeah. I'm starting to feel a bit of that deja vu. Uh, and that's not the first time or last time in this album. Uh, not that everything sounds exactly the same, but I mean, it's all coming from like the same place, if that makes any sort of sense. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's hard to draw anything else out to say about it because there's nothing yeah. like spectacular happening. But I will say that this song feels like a bar, one of those bar bands who plays like four sets on a Thursday night between like 7 and 2 a.m., 10 p.m. Yeah. and 2 a.m. This is like one of those like, we wrote this one ourselves. <laughs> and like, meanwhile, they're just like, play the Rolling Stones, asshole. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. That that is definitely the vibe I get from this. And the more there are like um staccato notes on the piano, the more I get the it's weird how that just gives me bar vibes for sure. I wonder how you'd feel about Go with the Flow by Queens of the Stone Age then. <laughs> like the song? I've yeah, because that. because like just the piano for like almost the entire song while everything else is happening. Uh, maybe if or when we review that, we will see. Uh, but I've definitely heard the song before, and it didn't seem to bother well, me. Well, we've much. done 
two Queens of the Stone Age albums now, so wait two years. Chances, chances are their biggest album will appear on the show at some point. Excellent. Be a request, or I'm going to pick it myself. Beautiful. Uh, so the only other thing I have to say is uh, the, there is energy in this song. It's there, but again, yeah. just nothing particularly interesting. So, eh. Um, leaving on a positive note, uh, my last note is just I like the bass and drum cooperation. Uh, I know normally the bass would follow the drums and blah, blah, blah. But uh, I could really hear it in this one, and I liked it. It sounded good. Yay. That's all. <laughs> no, that, that's fine, because I'm also done with that one, too. Uh, I You left on a positive note, kind of. I left on a, kind of a negative note. So we'll just move on to song number five, Seeing Things. Um, so I will say that the, the gentle instrumentals are nice here. Actually, I'll start off by saying this. I have five notes all together for this song. Two good, two negative, and one neutral. Uh-oh. So in what order would you like to hear them? Let's say that much. I would like to hear negative, neutral, negative, positive, positive. Okay, I can try to remember that order because I'm I'm clearly that smart. Uh, so going with the first negative. Uh, so this singer, Chris Robinson is his name, correct? Yes, it is. Does this singer only have one mode of singing is my real question because like I get that like his voice is like the same in every song even when he goes yeah. soft it always comes back to the same damn thing and i get that like you want to emphasize certain parts of like an emotional song yeah. to really kind of like show off those points but i feel like another vocalist in this song would have done wonders because like i don't know when you he, hearing him mix the two just feels so cartoony to me because his voice is already kind of cartoony so i it's hard for like it's hard for me to take it seriously in this type of song like Granted, he does it better than she talks to angels, but like this yeah. one, just I'm not feeling it. Uh, I'll tell you that my neutral one, then you're going to go ahead and jump off of this. My neutral one, it was my, actually my very last note. The course reminds me of Joe Cocker's version of With a Little Help from My Friends. <laughs> I don't know if I've heard that. You probably have, and you just don't recall it. Is that not a Beatles song? It is, but his version became way more popular than the Beatles. Really? I've never oh, heard his, but I've heard the Beatles. Do? If I sang out of tune, would you get up and walk out on me? Lend hey. me. Oh, I'm not just gonna sit here and sing all fucking. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. Your your tone is is kind of bringing that out, but. Uh, well, because the thing I is, he seems more like, familiar. It's like an Beatles, infinitely though. different version than the Beatles. Like, because hmm. Ringo's like, "What would you do if I sang?" But like, it's just oh, like okay. a bouncy little number. But Joe's like all like the the slow bluesy emotion of it is there and it's just so good it's like it's such a great cover i don't know why like that just never stuck into my brain as being a different song huh. it, it might as well be because it's infinitely different in every way shape and form the, like the only thing that okay. is similar about the song is the lyrics everything else yeah. is just its own thing interesting uh but yeah the course reminds me of that uh it could be good because i like that song by joe cocker but when I'm thinking about a better song over top of this one, that's probably not so great. <laughs> um, just uh, answering your uh, rhetorical question from the first uh, point you had, if Chris Robinson has any other ways of singing or if it's really just a one trick pony. Um, if you listen to the song Remedy from their 1992 album, sounds the same. If you listen to the songs Soul Singing and Lickin' off their 2000 and 
I think it's 2000 or 2001 uh, record Lions. Yep. Sounds the exact same. And that I haven't heard anything new um, since that album in 2000 or 2001. So um, I'm going to go ahead and say yes. <laughs> like in the thing is, it's such a weird thing for me to nitpick about because like obviously a lot of singers don't necessarily their style doesn't change too much. The voice doesn't change too much. Certain singers do, but the other ones are just like doesn't happen. You don't really think twice about it. And we've done plenty of bands on the show in the past that have been that way. But I mean, it's it's his tone that like just sticks out. Sometimes I hate it. Sometimes I like it. Sometimes I want him to shut up. Sometimes I'm absolutely cool with it. Yeah. But just like in a song like this, it doesn't work. So just like I, I don't like that ah, thing that he fucking does when it's supposed to be kind of a gentler song. I just don't dig it. I did make note that I could hear Sass Jordan singing this song. Uh, yeah, I was thinking about Amanda Marshall for a minute there. But yeah, Sass Ooh. Jordan. Yeah, I can I can see her singing this. Um, I like that this song, I'm pretty sure this is in like 3-4 or 6-8 or something because yeah, it uh, sounds it very waltzy. Yeah, it's 3-4. And I, I really like that. Um, now, what is this? Over, overarching statement that the piano and organ... The whole album is pleasing. I already said that. Uh, definitely a fan of the choir at the end. Oh, yeah, I'm really, okay. I'm really curious to see if that's one of your negatives, but uh, uh, hopefully see. it's a positive. Or you didn't write it down at all. Well, I, I wrote about background singers in one yeah. of the positive notes. Nice. I got to okay. read you my other negative note first. Okay. Uh, it's not even that bad of a negative. It just uh, this felt a little longer than it needed to be because it's five minutes and 18 seconds. This one felt like it dragged a bit, so could have been shorter. Uh, but then positive, positive. Sure. Uh, the digital instrumentals are really nice in the song. Uh, I really dig it. The organ does a lot. Uh, yes. for the track in the background of the song. It's not even a major part of it, but it does a lot to kind of like keep things together. Kind of like the drums did in previous tracks. Like mm -hmm. this was uh, uh, the sobriety day for the organ to kind of keep everything in track, you know? Oh, hell yeah. Uh, I, I, the refrain in the chorus of this one's fine too. I really do like it. And the female background singers uh, were the right choice to do. Like every, it just, it fit. Again, it kind of gave that like Leonard Skinner charm too, you know? Like, because they use like a lot of female background singers too, so yeah by the way that name comes up a little later and uh that's that really long note i told you that i had oh, okay. leonard skinner comes up in that one too so Can you, yeah wow i couldn't tell that these guys were influenced by southern music holy shit um it's oh, funny wait, 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 because wait. Before, before you jump on again where, where did you say they were from uh, atlanta georgia <laughs> there okay yeah yeah okay i missed that part in yeah. the beginning yeah yeah um but it's funny because uh reading that it's like psychedelic pop i'm like okay i get it because if you watch some of their music videos their performances like they're they're on like like he's wearing tie-dye or they're wearing like the I, I, it's like a mix between steven tyler and like a velvet couch kind of like that where it's like they're wearing like velvet overcoats and velvet bell bottom uh pants but they have those uh belts where they just they sound or they look like they would sound like belly dancer belts you know what i'm saying and they're dressing up with like i don't know they're just so they're literal like was, 70s revivalists because a lot of bands dress like that back then yeah it's kind of like what people say about greta greta band i was Fleet just about now. to mention like like yeah. 
This is where Greta Van Fleet got it from to do all this revival shit. Although I will say, like, you can hear the influence in these guys, but like they are kind of still their own thing, especially yeah. again with the vocals in this tone. Whereas Greta Van Fleet is literally copycatting. Like even Robert Plant said that. He was just like, this This is just Led Zeppelin. So just like, fuck Greta Van Fleet. I don't care what anyone says. I know a lot of people like them, but just like, they're copycatting and it just, it doesn't, like, it doesn't mean the music can't be good, but like, it's just, it doesn't sound original or anything. Just like, God, give it a rest. It's, it's like a Wolf Mother when that came out yeah. like 20 years ago. Yeah, maybe they're just copying Wolf Mother then. Oh my God. Well, at least Wolf Mother was a little more fun with it, yeah. but I don't know. They're they're the Led Zeppelin of Australia. Greta Van Fleet is the Aust- is the uh, Led the Zeppelin of America. <laughs> Led Zeppelin of America, and now we just need one from like some uh, random Eastern European country, like the the Czech uh, Led Zeppelin. You know, we, we need like a Canadian one too. Uh, we're lumped in with the U.S. We already have Greta Van Fleet. I'm sorry. I was going to say, change it and make them from, like, the Yukon or Nunavut or something like that. Something, like, you wouldn't even anticipate. Like, oh, that's Canada. I forgot about that. <laughs> it doesn't just end right above Toronto. Okay. Yeah, it goes further south, believe it or not. There's a lot of trees up there. <laughs> mm, you mean north, but yes. Yeah, up that way. <laughs> yeah. I got nothing else for this one, if that wasn't obvious. Oh, yeah. Um, I said yeah. all mine too, like because I you you wanted my notes in a very specific order, and I read them. Uh, yeah, I don't feel like there's much to say about this one that I haven't really touched upon. Um, I felt like the energy was sort of like brought down a little bit, but I understand because. 10, 10 songs on the album released in 1990, clearly released on vinyl. This is the last track on side A. Kind of want to bring it down a little bit because the next song definitely brings the energy back up. So I was going to complain and then decided not to and then explain that I was going to complain, which may sound like a complaint, but it's really not. And hot tagging you in real quick because I will jump to song number six, Hard to Handle, where my very first note is assuming this would start the B-side. It's a good choice to start the B-side. <laughs> Definitely. Because, yeah, like you had that quiet come down and it's not the end of the album at that point, but it's just the end of the side. So you flip this one over, boom, energy's back. So there you go. It's a good pickup from that, uh, the, like the ballad that was the previous one. Oh, yeah. And I mean, obviously with Hard to Handle, uh, the nostalgia makes it sound out a little more. Oh, yeah. Um, this is this is the one I made fun of endlessly as a kid because like as a kid I could never really understand what he was saying. As an adult I kind of can, but there's still like times when he's just kind of like still clearly being like beat up at the playground by articulation. You know, just like, yeah, I'm not gonna course. drop that because that's how I feel. Yeah, yeah, I, I can tell. I can tell. Um, although I am imagining him being uh, being held by the back of his collar and like his face being pushed into the sandcastle that he just made in the playground see i imagine articulation grabbing him by the ankle shaking him for his lunch money till it all falls to the ground and then he picks up whatever go fell to the ground he just walks away with it and this guy is just sitting there like yeah don't get him back okay it wasn't funny until you did that and thank you for it cool at least i'm funny somewhere in this oh my god i do have to ask though did you know this song is a cover? No. It is an Otis Redding song. Otis Redding? I know that name, don't I? Yeah, I have no idea. Uh, I've not heard really any of his songs other than ones that have been referred to as covers. So. Oh, I'm thinking of the name. Uh, I think it's a guy named Shuggy Otis. 
So it's definitely not the same guy. No idea what you're talking to or talking about anymore. I'm just saying I didn't know who Otis Redding was, but I know a guy named Shuggy yeah. Otis. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Imagine. And then I re- then I realized I don't know who that is. Moving on. <laughs> um, if you haven't heard of the Black Crows before, you have. It's very difficult to not have heard this song even in passing. Um, I said that about a couple others at the beginning of side A. Um, my experience was that I am wrong, but this one for sure, you've definitely heard. And I am glad that we are back to the upbeat jams. Um, I like that it starts side B definitely would not like if it started the entire album. I feel like it would, it would show its hand too early. Uh, to an extent, because for the most part, this is another one of those songs that kind of sound like everything else. But I will say the one thing that kind of makes it stand a little more for me, aside from nostalgia, uh, is the acapella refrain mm-hmm. that happens. Like, uh, fucking, what is it? Uh, hey, little mama, let me light your candle because I'm sure hard to handle now or something along the lines of that. I don't know. You know what? Close enough. Yeah. Because you know why? You can barely understand what the fuck he's saying. So I tried. I still got it wrong. <laughs> hey, hey, little thing. Hey, little thing. Let me light your candle because, Mama, I'm so hard to handle now. Yes, I am. Okay, well, there you go. See, because you have more familiar, familiarity with the song then. Yes. Um, But, but yeah, like, I, I do like the, that they made it completely a cappella. All the instrumentals disappear. So, like, that part's going to be memorable to you, though, because it's just this guy yelling at you in the microphone at that point. So it's just like... That was smart. I like that because even when I don't know the words, if it's "Hey, little mummy, yeah, but uh, sure, I am now." Like I'm gonna remember the melody <laughs> am, of it, right? I am ham now. <laughs> I'm gonna remember the melody. That's all that matters. So I can scream whatever I want at a concert that I would never go to because I wouldn't pay to see the Black Crows. They'd yeah. have to play like Sound of Fest, uh, Sound of Music in Burlington or something like that. Uh, I would scream that in the crowd. Something about being ham, uh, yeah. <laughs> and no one would know any of the difference because I sang the melody perfectly. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that is terrible to do in a group of people that paid to see them. Uh, hopefully they don't turn you upside down, shake out all your money and leave you on the playground. Well, um, at least articulation is not one of them. Maybe sometimes. <laughs> uh, I have always liked the guitar solo in this. I feel like it fits the song so perfectly. Like the solo at the end is extravagant, but it still fits and isn't clashing with the vocals or the vocal melody. And it just, I don't know. There's something about it that doesn't take it doesn't take your attention away from anything, but it takes your attention. You know what I mean? That makes any sense. Yeah, I like it. It just keeps you in the song. There you go. It it does. It does. And it doesn't break me out of anything. I don't think why does this sound like this? This sounds stupid. This sounds overdubbed. It's just it's natural and nice like a bubbling brook. Um, I'll go back for a minute too and just mention because like I said this song still kind of has like similar vibes to the uh, the rest of the album and everything like that I, I mentioned like the chorus makes it stand out um, I, I think this would have worked better as a single uh, because like I mean b- because this one blends with everything else like having yeah. heard the six songs in yeah, it's not as exciting as if you just like hear it on the radio for example yeah yeah. So this one does indeed just work better as like a single rather than like listening to it on the entire album. I will say that much. That's so when you're listening to it, was it just having other songs by the same artist buffering it that kind you were kind of like, eh, 
or like when it's on the radio and it's just sort of sporadic, you're like, oh shit, I kind of like this. And I'm never going to listen to it until it comes back up on the radio again. Yeah. It's kind of the latter because like you hear a song that's on the radio and it sounds fine. You're, you're fine with listening to it. And then like the next artist could be completely different. You know, it's maybe a slower song. Maybe it's a faster song, whatever. Maybe okay. it's like a, who knows? It's, it's, but it's not, it's not like sounding like nine other songs that came before or after it, you know? So, I mean, like, okay. You're not like fatigued. No, when you hear it on the radio, you, you don't care. Like you'll listen to it. You won't even think twice. Hey, this is fun. Fun is a little frame. Something about him and him. Like it's a good song. Uh, but then when you hear it six songs in though, it's just yeah. kind of like, I, I know that you said uh, this wouldn't have worked starting the album. And I do agree, but I, and I, I don't necessarily want them to front load the album, uh, but this should have appeared on Saturday. Okay. Because maybe I, I would have felt differently about it. Like, not that it changed the score, but yeah. just, I don't know, having to flip to side B just to get here, just kind of, I don't know. The payoff didn't feel so good. That's why there's, there's uh, what, three singles on side A and two singles on side B. They're, they're not going to let you get away with just listening to one side. That's it. They're going to yeah, make their the money's Eagles. Work. <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, but I will say that She Talks to Angels, though, fits on the B-side. We'll get there in a minute. But yes. uh, yeah, that that this one fits on the B-side, though. Although uh, I do make it like an, a note against that, too. But now that I think about it, like I do disagree with it. But we'll get there when we get there. Uh, do you have anything else for this one? Um, I just like that the verse... Uh, went up a key before the guitar solo. It was a nice touch to add interest because I believe it was the last verse of the song proper. Um, so having that go up and then pretty much blow out at the rest of it where it's like solo and then it's just a bunch of choruses and then the chorus over a solo. They really doubled down on that one. Then the song ends. So having that sort of ramp up before the whole crescendo of the end. I like that. I kind of like the song a little bit more than just listening to it passively on the radio. Um, I definitely agree with what you said about kind of feeling fatigued with listening to it on the album, but when I'm actually focusing on it and paying attention to it individually, rather than, you know, in the car or just, whatever uh, i kind of like it a little bit more and that is it for that one fair enough yeah uh i i, I as we're talking it kind of got me thinking of like hearing these songs in concert too and like obviously going to a black crows concert i can imagine how similar the entire set list would sound but there's but because like you go in anticipation of being able to hear all these like these decades of songs and then you get to these ones that you know so well that feels more exciting. Maybe I should feel that way about the album, but I don't know. That's just kind of like, that's how I felt listening to this one front to back. Um, I know uh, during, I think during the very last track, uh, I speak sort of on my experience with seeing them live if I haven't really spilt most of it already. Um, but yeah, I guess seeing them live, you do really go for the songs that, that you know, uh, even though I don't remember even the songs that I know. So, well, you know yeah. that they played this one. That's all you need to know. That's I, of course they did. I I go on the general assumption. That's like when I went to go see like Chilliwack play at the festival, uh, the the It's Your Festival here in Hamilton, and of course they played like every single hit. It's just like they played like one or two that weren't. I'm just like, oh, I don't know those ones. I wonder if they sing the song that I like. Nope. No, I, we talked about this last week. Never mind. Oh, okay. 
Cool. It's a sweet song. It's not chill. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, so song number seven, then moving along. Thick and thin or thick and thin with apostrophes around it. <laughs> uh, if you want articulation, which Chris Robinson clearly did not. <laughs> it's yeah. thick and thin. And shouldn't there be an apostrophe on both sides of that M? Wasn't there? Oh, that's the way I wrote out my sheet. So uh, see proper. Oh, so vocabulary and articulation, everything was just against this man. Well, to be quite honest, um, the he was okay. So the band started in 1984, and he's him and his brother really the only constant members. I would assume that he was about 17 or 18 when the band started. You're saying he dropped out of high school to do music. have he may have is what i'm saying so vocabulary held him down and articulation pink bellied him probably and then he got up and went i'm going to be a bully too and then dropped out of school and then just took articulation and uh, whatever else the hell you said uh hand in hand and ran towards the sunset and then he wrote a song about a ham sandwich and got really big for it uh he did not write it but yes he sang it <laughs> Good enough. That's all I need to know. He got famous for it regardless. Ham sandwich. Uh, so thick and thin. Uh, so the song starts with the car wreck sound, and it was pretty ballsy of them to predict my album review 33 years after its release. Oh my god, I was confused by the collision at the beginning. So that's what I wrote. Okay, confused by the collision at the beginning of the song, but today I'm gonna listen past that. Did it make you think of Mick Foley at all? Yes. Oh my god, it definitely <laughs> did. What's that? Some I was gonna mention fan? that. <laughs> I was car so crash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew you would know that one. A hundred percent. Yeah. Whenever you hear a car wreck, chances are McFoley's about to stumble his way out to the ring. I need a fucking hobby. Yeah, that's not that. <laughs> yeah, you need a hobby that's not wrestling or B-tiering albums, apparently. And only one uh, of them I enjoy. Despite that that comment that very very harsh comment i will say uh i did enjoy this one actually more as i was listening to it uh this one was definitely more exciting um a lot of that comes from like the heavier and livelier drum beat so it's kind of like that sober drummer like took like maybe a shot of fireball and he's just kind of like oh this is why you guys are having fun so like i was feeling on this one he was clearly feeling it on this one so hey pretty pretty cool hell yeah um, it's just over two and a half minutes, but it doesn't feel short or sped like sped through despite the quick tempo, because sometimes you'll listen to shorter songs. And you're like, oh shit, like that, that's it. There was only a verse chorus chorus and that was it, but it felt like an appropriate amount of time. Although it, I think it's the shortest track on the album. Um, I, I think it feels like a lot of fun. Um, I enjoy the chorus chords. They sound off but they sound right at the same time. Um, and I only have one more note. Uh, it's 10 out of 10 danceable. And I did. And I was asked to stop. Even better. That was, that was the <laughs> twist ending I wasn't ready for. <laughs> That's all I got for this Were one. Were you like so. elaining in your kitchen? Your partner's just like, don't. <laughs> um, so to be quite honest, while I was doing this review, I had my laptop on the kitchen counter. I had my earbuds in and I was making some banana bread. So while they were waiting for me to make banana bread, they kept peeking back. And apparently I'm standing towards the counter, uh, dancing to this. And because there was no music playing in the house, I was asked to stop because it looks like I was possessed. 
You've completely just lost your mind. And that's when they realize you didn't have the earbuds in the entire time. <laughs> There's the music in your head. head the whole time. Exactly. Exactly. Listen, I don't have Spotify on me, but it's right here. That's all that matters. <laughs> I got thousands of songs right here, and I only remember the lyrics to some of them. <laughs> and they're all and they're all any any cover of Steal My Sunshine. <laughs> that or was his and a mama ham. <laughs> that's another song that i definitely remember oh my god a lot of callback jokes in this one from the same episode that they came from of so meta thank you thank you i know i'm i'm quite clever with my comedy uh yeah this one uh you're right it is, is short and sweet two minutes and 41 seconds uh they managed to catch my attention in one shorter track than most songs on this album actually did mm. in any other length of time and even going back for a minute too i didn't realize that hard to handle was only three minutes and eight seconds Mm-hmm. I never really paid attention, that's I guess, but that song didn't feel that short. Like, I was like, wow, that's interesting. I thought it was longer than that. Mm-hmm. It definitely is not. Um, yeah, I don't know. It uh, Hard to Handle didn't feel like it. I don't know. It felt appropriate, which this one did as well. And they're basically the same amount of time. I mean, like, I guess you can cram a lot of music into 20 seconds, but... I, I'm going to go ahead and round up and say they're pretty much the same. Sure, why not? Yeah. For the sake of moving on, I'll let you have that one. Thank you. Song number eight, uh, the one, the only one I knew coming into this album, She Talks to Angels. I think this song is about somebody addicted to drugs. Oh, is it? Is uh, it because I she's going so. all nutty and everything like that? and. Uh, she she says she talks to angels. She says they call her. Or oh, are they nurses? They call her by her name, uh, quite possibly. Um, but I think is this another what nurse read, who loved me situation? Callback. Um, oh, yeah. That's that's the card up in the corner there. That's why. <laughs> uh, I think I read that this song was written during their Mister Crow's Garden era. Um, and that it was written about somebody that Chris Robinson had vaguely known that was addicted to heroin. And I believe since it was before they changed their name, he was probably in his late teens, which is pretty tragic. So that's, that's what I deduced from just reading a sentence. That's literally the story of how Jane's addiction got their name, too. Oh, really? They lived in, like, uh, I think it was like Perry and Dave, like, lived in this big bum house. And, like, yeah, there was this prostitute named jane and uh she was quite addicted they, they even wrote the song jane says about her as mm-hmm. well and like situation she was going through at that time so yeah it's like kind of similar stories do you think that the bare naked ladies jane off of their album um fuck i can't remember what it's called um but uh song jane do you think that she was like, oh, I need to screw all these people and then moved away and then got addicted to drugs and then was written about by other artists. Well, uh, very possibly, but Jane's Addiction came out before Jane did, like the song Jane. So, because uh, this also happened like in the teen years of Perry Farrell and Dave Navarro. Uh, so uh, I don't even think Bare Naked Ladies were like formed at that point. Came, came out in 1994. With the song Jane, oh yeah, and like Jane's addiction is like what eighty? They started in eighty eight or eighty seven or something like that. Oh, so yeah, this goes way back. Anyways, uh, kind of like veering way the hell off point here. Oh it's shit! Pretty... I didn't realize Jane says was so old. I'm sorry. 
Dang. Yeah. It, oh, it, it doesn't sound like it's it. like one of their first tracks i mean one of their really? first big singles like it's older than being caught stealing if i'm not mistaken i i literally did not know that i thought it came out in maybe like 92 93 oh no it, it, oh, it's pretty, it pretty much kicked off their career yeah oh my god okay i learned something completely unrelated to what i should be learning what's about. that we're gonna do jane's addiction eventually who knows maybe we will I, <laughs> i'm sure i'd be very curious to do jane's addiction one day yeah, sure um okay so she talks to angels like my comment before about cheryl crow and like hey did she wasn't she inspired to write this was collective soul inspired to write blame from this track because there's a lot of compositional I similarities hear it. i hear it oh my god because well, like you know how it like if, if you don't even go by the video version if you go by the album version it starts with like this kind of quiet acoustic opening yeah and it sounds very similar and so the first thing i thought was like is this blame <laughs> that never occurred to me and i def definitely heard that song a million times um the answer i'm gonna say yes <laughs> yeah because i mean blame came out what i think like 97 some i think precious declaration no uh sorry uh Oh yeah, that's the album Pressure Declaration. Uh it came out in ninety-seven, I think. Because then ninety-nine was uh dosage. Uh let me see. I think, fact checked on there. Yeah, I think it was nineteen ninety-eight. Uh you could be quite right, but um if you're right, I'm out of here. Oh look at that. Fuck you. <laughs> well yes. then I guess she's out of here though. Podcast <laughs> over see you later. I don't even have to well, tell you what I, that song. I said it as a as a uh empty threat because I honestly thought it was nineteen ninety eight. Yeah, no, it was nineteen ninety seven. I mean, I remember when the album came out, my parents yeah. bought it and like I put it on like immediately because I like the uh, self gel or self titled, whatever the hell you want to call that blue album. I've heard it called two different things. Don't they have like two self titled albums? That's so weird. I don't know. I just know that Collector Soul's uh, best song to me is the song Listen off of this album that we Precious Declarations, yes. Yeah. Uh, Discipline Breakdown is the actual Discipline uh, Breakdown, that's it. It's not the actual good. album. Also a good song, too. Anyways, back to this song, though. Yeah. Uh, besides that Collector Soul blame uh, combination there. Like, this is where I kind of said, like, who would have guessed this was, like, end of album vibes in this song? Because, I mean, like, <laughs> when you listen to this as a single, I wouldn't have imagined this being this close to the end of the album. Um, I wouldn't have anticipated this one being a B-side, but at the same time, I'm it starts to make sense to me, considering everything else we've gotten and how front-loaded the A-side is. So I guess this makes sense uh but yeah like obviously like, this one's kind of a classic this is the only one i remembered coming into this album it sounds mm. nice so i do enjoy it i i really like how the song starts with just the acoustic guitar and how it stays acoustic the whole song even after the organ the drums excuse me the bass everything comes in it doesn't just like you hit a switch and it's all electric it still stays the same sort of chill acoustic vibe and i like that a lot and i've always liked the lyrics in this one it's so much easier to discern than almost every yeah. other articulation took a, took a day right? off and bullying him this one so yeah. it's like okay good he's actually got words in his mouth yeah he he was held at home because he got sick for a day um sick for a day. <laughs> and i i think that the lyrics paint a nice picture of what the song is about it's even though it's not like uh she did this she walked here and blah 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 it's not like spelling it all out it's spelling it out enough that you get it and i like that um 
but it does sound like it was bred from a jam session because even the bridge isn't too far off from the song itself. And it really does feel improvised with what they have. I don't, I don't know how to articulate that more proper other than everything that I've heard so far sounds loose, sounds like a jam session and sounds organic. I think maybe organic is what I'm getting at, but I like it. It's good. Yeah, uh, this one as compared to the other ones on the album just feels a little better, I guess. And I'm trying not to let nostalgia cloud that for me, yeah. too. Because it's, it's very difficult to do that, especially when you've been listening to to uh, for decades. If we have any long, young listeners who have like never heard this song before, then maybe it feels completely different. And yeah. also go to bed, please. <laughs> <laughs> You're up too damn late today. Um, uh, yeah, everything is really well balanced and stands out well in the mix in this one. Uh, not that... The, it hasn't on the rest of the album, but this one just there's something about the mix in this one that just felt very right, mm-hmm. like so much, so much better. So I, I had to note that because I thought that was great. Um, I, and I do like how the verses have something of like a call and answer to them because, like, between the vocals and instrumentals, like, you know, the vocals sing over top of like ringing out instrumentals, and then once the vocals stop, they play their little riff, and then it yeah. rings out again while he sings. So it's a good call and answer there, makes it a little more interesting, a little bit playful too with the, the uh, composition. So I like that. But I will say that this one probably dragged out a little too long. This one does go on for a while. It could have made its point at like four minutes and 30 seconds type deal, but it's five and a half minutes. I mean, is it because of the uh, repetition of the chorus at the end? I mean, I didn't hate it because the vocals were more, I don't want to say aggressive, but like they amped up with each uh, rep- each repetition of the chorus. But I do see how it would take forever to really get to the end. There was a lot of chorus in this song. Yes. There definitely was. Oh my god. Like you run out of things to say really quickly. So it's just like course, hurry. People like refrains. Right. And I think maybe at the end I would venture to say there's probably three or four of them that he just keeps going and keeps going and keeps going. But like the it's with the the organ sustained organ in behind. And I I liked it, but the when you think about it, you're like, okay, we we probably could have just mixed one of these, but I do like how he changed up his voice. Um enough where by the end it kind of feels like dire and like he's screaming if he wasn't really already screaming yeah um sounds more screamy ish yeah this one feels like it has more emotion to it even though yeah. like he's that one trick pony vocalist like we mentioned yeah. before like this one definitely feels like it has more emotion so it works yeah it's fine i agree Okay, then moving on to the penultimate track of the album, song number nine, Strut and Blues. Now, this is where I have that big long note I wanted to read before. So okay. I'm going to do that. Uh, yeah, this, this is quite a few lines here. So I'm going to read it exactly how I wrote it. And hopefully I didn't misspell anything and I don't fuck up. Uh, so when I heard the name Strut and Blues, because once again, remember, that's the name of the song. Uh, I didn't think it would sound like leaning on my Dodge Ram truck at a gas station, telling some scrawny silly city boy filling up his 1988 Eagle Premier. I had to look that up because I'm not a car guy and it's a really <laughs> shitty looking car. 
so his, filling up his 1988 Eagle premiere that he got as a three times hand-me-down. I'm telling him that Leonard Skinner could write a better song falling down the stairs while drunk than any of his pussy Blink Street boys could ever even try. <laughs> I didn't think that that's what this song would be, but here we are. That's what exactly what it ended up being. I thought it'd be more bluesy, but it was way more Leonard Skinner. Okay, I take it you didn't really like this one too much. Um, my note is a lot shorter, like my first note is a lot shorter than yours, uh, but it does say this sounds like a bluesy version of hair metal and I am not mad about it. Uh, it it's not true that I didn't really like the song. Like, it's not my favorite on the album, but it's it's not so bad. If anything, like I thought the pickup was good coming off of um, She Talks to Angels, and especially yeah. as we're nearing the end, although this song does have like less... Uh, end of album vibes as compared to the previous one uh but i mean this one was fine good pickup uh then my last note is did this song ever sell a truck beer or even meat because <laughs> it sounds like it could be in any one of those commercials um i would say probably for like a 1996 chevy silverado probably or I, I mentioned the Dodge Ram. I think I, I had to yeah. Google these car models, like the 1988 Eagle Premier. I just I typed in like worst Jeez. car models of like the last 40 years. And I just scrolled through and that one caught my eye as being super ugly. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick on you. And then Dodge Ram truck. I was just like, what looks not too modern, but would fit like a backcountry dude. And it was like a 2002 Dodge Ram or something like that. I was like, yeah, that's the one too. <laughs> I'm not a car guy, so I don't know any of this shit. I couldn't even, like, I, the only thing I know is where the fucking gas goes, where you put the nozzle. That's about it. I don't know anything else about cars. Well, it doesn't sound like you're a music guy either. Um, but uh, now here's where I get to shit on it, uh, where I'm not going to, but it's also not positive. Uh, there isn't much to this that is different from the rest of the album. Um, now, I do like the hard rock sound but it really doesn't stand out too much and i like the guitar tone in some places but aside from that it just sounds like a typical hard rock song with the same sort of structure that you would expect so that are, you, are you saying that, that like, songs on this album are starting to feel a little similar yes but it took me nine songs to say something so oh really i just have i just have restraint. i just have restraint is what it is uh fair although you haven't shown that restraint in the past so i think you're just giving yourself your own bias here i'm trying to be a better reviewer and i'm trying to uh give things some time instead of being like nope shit nope shit and just dismissing it um so i figured i would start right now <laughs> 82 episodes in respectable absolutely I am 34 years in and I haven't changed a goddamn thing about me. So, I mean, we'll see. Even though you're literally trying to change a thing about you right now, as you just stated five seconds ago. That was the secret. It's not going to change. Secret. Anyways, that was it. That's all that I have for that song. Very good. We'll move on to the very last song then. Song number 10, Stare It Cold. And uh, it took you nine songs. I've been saying an all goddamn album, but my first note is the album ends the same way most of it sounds. Why am I surprised? Definitely giving me end of album vibes. This one for sure. No. And no? No, no, it sounds like every other fuck again, drop a water in a pool. Like, yeah. tell me where the end is. She talks the angels could have been the end of the album. I would have been fine with that. Like, this just sounds like it could have been like fourth song in, and I would have even noticed the difference. You could swap them, I wouldn't notice the difference. Eh, okay, fine. 
after uh, after the four minute mark out of five minutes and 13 seconds, that's when it starts to sound like end of album vibes, because that's when it like picks up. Um, and it's like this frantic pace that I want at the end of the record. I, I guess, but it's to me, it's too little too late. Uh, like, well, it I is get, too little. It's a minute and a half. That's all you get. And it's also too late because it's the end that's of the it. it is. <laughs> but, like it, like because I, I remember too. Like I was, I was almost like ready to take off my headphones early too when I was listening to it. It's just like I'm not missing much. And as I do that, then I hear this like frantic play. I'm just like, okay, what are you doing? And then yeah. I sat there for a minute listening. And I'm just like, okay, oh, I didn't hey. miss much. And now it's gone. Yeah, it just it, it went fast, but it, it's. I'm not suddenly excited about it. I'm just like, okay, like this is your this. They knew I was about to take the headphones off, and they're just like, no, please wait, 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 please check this out. Double yeah. the pace. <laughs> and I'm just yeah. like, no. How about double the time that it takes to end the song? Because I'm gone. So I do have a couple, a uh, couple other things. I don't know. If I have a feeling that you have a, a retort for most of them. Um, now. Right from the start, I did find it less engaging than some of the others, which clearly your face agrees. Um, My this reviews is a, have agreed. <laughs> this is definitely a song you would stretch out to 20 minutes with a self-indulgent jam right before the last chorus. I would leave um, to catch the bus early. Uh, <laughs> okay. Should have ended at two minutes 30. Um, the song went and then it kind of dipped down quietly and then started up and it dipped down quietly twice within this song. Uh, I would have just liked it if it was just like a short dip it down, maybe bring it back. I don't, I don't know. I liked the end, but I also liked if it would have just ended. So I don't really know where the compromise. I is also there. would have liked it if it just ended. <laughs> I guess the compromise is what we got. Um, now, okay, so after the four minutes when it starts to pick up, uh, I mentioned it was a little more engaging now, although it doesn't last too long as there is only a minute and a half left once it gets good. And I did once like- it gets good. And I like how this song sounds next to the first track as the album starts over, how this song ends and then the, the album restarts. Uh, there's just something about having those two together I liked, uh, which completely kind of negates my whole, hey, this feels like end of album vibes because it kind of sounded good going into the first track. So really, it could have been placed anywhere. It fucking loops back on itself. It's the worst Southern sandwich I've ever had in my life. This is brisket that's like two weeks past its date. It's really funny because I was going to mention something about brisket and I was like, is maybe that's the that's only like southern the, food we can think of. When it comes to like southern barbecue, like because you could say like steak or whatever, sausage, chicken, like that's all typical shit. When but, but like brisket, I don't hear that often around where I am and like people who I know. So yeah. brisket to me is like a very southern thing, you know? Uh, barbecue, corned beef. That's it. Nothing else. That's really all you do with brisket. Cool. And I haven't done that corned beef part. Yeah. I don't think I'm missing much because American cuisine, uh, not so good. <laughs> Just going to say, sorry, Americans listening. Don't mean to pick on your food, but it's very salty and sugary and I'm diabetic and no, thank you. Yeah, And a lot of stuff in the South is deep fried just to kind of keep the ovens off in hot climates. But uh, you're really trading one bad thing for a bad thing. So, oh, yeah. 
All right, now that we're done picking on Americans, we have reached the end of the Black Crows album Shake Your Moneymaker. So thank you very much for making it this far along with us. If you indeed have, assuming that you've listened to the album, let us know what you think of the album down in the comments below of wherever you're listening because there's comment sections everywhere. We are curious to know. We want you to be part of this discourse. It's not just us talking. We talk way too much. It's your turn, so go ahead and do that. And you can also tell us a lot more because, psych, we're not done talking. There's more things to do. Moving on to part two, we now have to rank the songs, as we said, kind of hinted at in the beginning. So above our heads, boom, graphics have changed. There are names, there are numbers, there's going to be more names, song names to be specific. Because now we rank the songs 10 to 1, or I guess 20 to 1, depending on how you look at it. Worst to best, least favorite to favorite, however you want to look at it. That's what we have to do now, and you can do it too. So once again, one of those things down in the comments below, let us know how you would rank the songs. Fun stuff. And Savannah sips a drink, and I'm going to leave this part in. (laughs) I'm taking a drink because it, uh, yep. It's not that I'm just popping up the cup for no reason whatsoever. I don't say to buy our merch at RateTheRecord.ca until after we're done talking about the album, okay? Oh, so you don't mention that we buy the merch at RateTheRecord.ca until the end? No, and I also don't mention that there's like shirts, sweaters, other mugs, the B tier list, a uh, different variation of the logos. Well, I don't mention that until later. Oh, okay. Okay. I just wanted to make sure, but that was ratetherecord.ca, right? Yes, ratetherecord.ca, not .com, .ca, because we're Canadian. Excellent. Have to support so, Canadian, right? Sounds good to me. Definitely don't want to tell people to sound the link in the description below because I have to get them to rank songs with us now because that's what we have to do. Uh, I fucking, this week's a zero. Oh, yeah. Um, we've, been, we've been too we've been too lucky we had five for food fighters we had two for queens of the stone age we're back to zero this week okay so my thought is that you didn't like this album <laughs> so like i was gonna venture a guess but i think now i you don't have to i'm not even gonna look at your face while i say i'm not this. even looking at the camera <laughs> excellent um i think we're going to get mm, uh, I don't know. It's I want I want to say we're gonna get one. I think we're gonna get our number ones matched. Maybe. I, I I'm feel not even like, confident on that. Yeah, I feel like we might. Um, and I say might, but I just I I feel like you only have a small handful of songs to choose from. <laughs> and I imagine they're one of the ones I picked. So I'm going to say that we match number ones, um, but if we match somewhere else, what I said doesn't count. It only has to be number one. I'll say my top five were scored pretty decently because especially the top three, I'll say, or even top four, if you want to stretch it out that much, uh, that really saved the score. I'll I'll tell you that much. My score is higher than I thought it would be. So was mine. Solely because of the songs that I really liked. Well, uh, let's surprise each other today and let's start with yeah. the song ranking. So song number 10. So I've could have could I've been so blind. God damn it. You could you've been so blind. <laughs> Strutting blues for my 10. There you go. God, I just I obviously didn't care for it so much that I didn't even need to pronounce it properly. <laughs> Chris needs to stop drinking. I'm not drunk, idiots. Song number nine, Seeing Things. Apparently I am like pink elephants in my room. That is a match. Oh, we actually got one. Are you serious? Wow. Because that song wasn't that good, eh? Cool. I know. <laughs> uh, song number eight, Strutting Blues. Number eight, Stare It Cold. 
See, even though even though I had uh, that giant um, bad thing to say with the whole Leonard Skinner thing, it still wasn't the last song on the list. Yeah, yeah. Honest criticism. It wasn't even criticism, but just the thing. I, that was my imagery. The, the, we do have that every once in a while. My imagery was leaning at the truck like a hick and yelling at a city boy. So song number seven, Jealous Again. Uh, number seven, Could I've Been So Blind. Could I? I'm really bottom loading this list here. <laughs> number six, Stare It Cold. Number six, Sister Luck. Thankfully, I'm not the only one screwing up the, 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 uh, the words here. Yeah, I have like 12 more teeth in my mouth than I should. Wow, it looks like the singles are in the top half, huh? It does. <laughs> and to kick it off, song number five, Hard to Handle. Number five, Thick and Thin. Number four, Sister Luck. Number four, Twice as Hard. Another single. I think yeah. we're only going to get that one then, because number three, Twice as Hard. Number three, Jealous Again. Jealous Again. Mm. Song number two, the one that won't match, She Talks to Angels. I hate you so much. Number two, Hard to Handle. Well, we matched one, so whatever. Yes, yes. Because my number one is Thick and Thin. Interesting. She Talks to Angels. Yeah, because when you said you're probably going to match number ones, I was just like, "Mm, I doubt it. Yeah. The X on my sheet says we won't. But hey, we got one seeing. I must be seeing things. We got a match this week. Oh, oh there's my yeah. stupid pun for the day. Yeah. Alrighty then. Well, that's our song rankings. Uh, so now we got one more thing to do. We need an album rating. Where is this thing going? Apparently, we both shocked ourselves with our scores. So I'm gonna be shocked to find out that this is a B tier album or something. Let's find out. Swoosh. Here we are, the album rating screen. Already then, uh, plenty to look at here, including last week's episode two, Queens of the Stone Age with Era Vulgaris. Savannah was so happy about her number seven spot, now pushed down to number eight. Hey, you still have oh. two in the top oh. ten, though. Michael Jackson's on his way oh, out. I'm so upset. We on the way out. It's like you you hired some big security cronies to just push the album out of the list. Give him the old hee-hee as you push him out the door. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Imag- I'm just imagining pushing the physical album out and the album's hee-heeing. <laughs> you just hear it <laughs> echoing from somewhere inside the vinyl sleeve. Alrighty then, so we got to find out where the Black Crows are going with their money. Uh, their album, Shake Your Money Maker, uh, as chosen by Savannah this week. Uh, so... As mentioned just a moment ago, we've seemingly surprised ourselves with the score. Uh, so I'll start with mine, and I'm just going to, I'm not going to dance around this too much, but I'll say when you showed your concert ticket there for the Black Crows, it was uh, 76.50, close, 75.50 for my score. Interesting, and I'm very glad. Uh, uh, sorry, I was just going to tie into that. Like, as I was shocked by mine because when I was listening to this thing, I was just like, there's no way that this goes above 70. Uh, yeah. But then, like, again, the top four tracks, like, scored pretty decently. So that saved this a lot. Um, now, to answer the do we have another beats here album? Yes, we do. Mine is 82.7, and I have nothing to say other than I wrote WTF next to it. 82.7 i didn't hate any of the songs but the songs that i liked i really liked uh but when i added it all up i all that came in my head was what the fuck really 
really? But we still have a B tier. What are you, Krang? Yeah. <laughs> right? My ears broken. I I I'm not I'm not even Entertainment Weekly because I didn't B plus it. I straight B tiered it. But we must be Entertainment Weekly because we did indeed B plus it with a 79.10. Dang, 79.10. That lies better than Mets, not as good as Arctic Monkeys, and it saves my uh my A tier song or A tier albums uh, oh, once again. That wasn't even gonna be close anyways, but it beat Mets. That makes me fucking sick to my stomach. I'm um, I'm taking four points off my score. <laughs> uh, yeah, if you want to, that's fine. <laughs> that just pushes down to like a middle B tier. No, we'll keep it at seventy nine point one zero. That's fine. It's fair. I'm a fair man. I think. Hey, you know what? I gave Trip and Daisy another chance. They went higher. That's called fair. That's beyond fair, actually. That is true, and that is very uh, very close album to my heart. So I thank you for adding that one person. Alrighty then. Well, who could have uh, guessed a B tier album? Uh, I mean, to be fair, the last two episodes were A tiers. So I mean, Jesus Christ, your camera's exploding over there. I know. I kind of fixed it as long as I don't speak with my hands. We should yeah, video viewers have noticed the van of getting like disappearing more and more. She's turning into a black crow. Haha, <laughs> funny joke. Oh my goodness. You picked the album. Just okay, go. Fuck you. Just go on with the outro, please. Yeah, I suppose and so. I, I, I want to get out of this just as much as you do. So, <laughs> hey, this is the end of the episode. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, so, once again, make sure you let us know uh, what you thought about the album. How'd you rank the songs? How'd you rate the album? Do you agree or disagree with us? What's your own opinion? Let us know down in the comments below, wherever you're listening, because comments everywhere. You can let us know on our social medias, too. Uh, you can find that at ratetherecord.ca. All of our social medias, all of our streaming links, our merch that you can buy that Savannah shot up earlier with her mug and my t-shirt I've worn occasionally on the podcast and uh, the RTR club uh, request albums. There's a lot to do at Rathorka does here. So make sure you're checking that out. Make sure you're also liking this, uh, this podcast, wherever you're listening to it, YouTube, any of the audio platforms, make sure you're following and all that kind of stuff. It really helps. And we want more people like you in here. So please go ahead and do that. It's free to do. Yeah, please. We need friends and comments and people to interact with. And that's why I gave my Instagram handle, uh, sorry, threads handle. Savannah is missing because I'd oh, like to what, is that You're also your Instagram handle. Oh no. Now you might get folded in two places. It It is that that's fine. That's fine. Just don't send me weird messages. Like most of the ones I get, please. It's weird. I had somebody message me and ask me like pretty much presenting them to be my sugar daddy. Oh, because I was going to say, was it like an unsolicited D picture? But that's kind of close. That's like in the, the umbrella, you know, that some guy is like, oh, don't worry, baby. I got you paid for. You're good. Yeah. And then I didn't read it because it came into one of those like I have to approve it uh, for them to know that <laughs> I read it. Send me a cash kind of advance thing. and then I'll be your sugar daddy. <laughs> well, like I'm looking at it and then I'm like, mm, I'm just going to let this stew a little. And I think about a week later they had unsent it. So it had disappeared. And I was like, "Ooh, putting those feelers out there. OK, OK, weird. So really, just to wrap this up, um, you can follow me on Instagram or threads. Um, just uh, don't send me messages. <laughs> yeah, don't talk to us. Just follow. Don't us. talk to me. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but if you also like us uh, enough to uh, give us money, you can do that too because we also do like money. Kofi.com slash rate the record. To join the RTR club, five bucks a month. I already mentioned it earlier. I mean, uh, that the fact that there was an RTR club, but five bucks a month will get you uh, bonus content, early access stuff. Uh, we'll review your band's music, give you a shout out and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, go ahead. Uh, Kofi.com slash rate the record if any of that sounds interesting to you. 
But yes, we are at the end of the episode, so we can finish this, wrap this up. So once again, thank you very much for joining this us, joining us this week. I can finally like start to speak properly after I'm off camera. It's, it's, <laughs> it's only bad when I'm on camera. When I'm like when I'm off, I'm fine. But like maybe it's because I'm like focusing too much on saying words. Probably. Are you looking at me going, oh, no, she makes me nervous. She is so cool and handsome. Uh, You're a handsome she, lad, Savannah. <laughs> I am. I am a strapping young lad. Thank you. Hey, I saw that man last week. Okay. That was pretty badass. Yeah. And I got sick and couldn't go. LOL. You, you missed a hell of a show. Devin Townsend only. Fuck Dream Theater. <laughs> um, but before we let you go, we do like to give you a little, a little sneak preview of what to expect next week. Don't worry. Things will get better next week. I chose the album. <laughs> that's my preview for next week no no um so my little uh teaser that i have it's a canadian band who were considered indie darlings in the 2000s and they still see they are still seeing some decent success even to this day i think they're uh just about to release a brand new album too tegan and sarah uh i mean that wouldn't be wrong would it <laughs> they just released a new album so that was that was incorrect but, i don't think uh, they're still seeing success though. i think they've dropped off the radar a little bit mm. I'd say beyond their fan base, probably. I couldn't even name you one Tegan Sarah song. Like I know who they are, but I couldn't name you a single song. It's probably how it is with me and the band we're doing next week. I know I've heard, but I wouldn't know what it's called. So Same. We'll see. We'll see. Same for good. Tegan and Sarah, but so it's not Tegan and Sarah, but there's another uh, <laughs> Canadian indie darling band happening next week. Cool. So maybe try to figure that out. But until then, go listen to some awesome music. Hey, like the Black Crows, if it's your kind of thing, it's definitely Savannah's thing. And we'll see you again real soon. So take care, friends. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>